We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, all. Welcome back to the Barcelona podcast. Frances Tomas is joining me, Dan Hilton from BarcelBlog.com, of course, bringing you the hottest breaking stories from the Camp New. If you are new here, please subscribe. Please like us, leave us a customer review, and at any point during the podcast, of course, check out the links, exclusive deals we got, including Fubo TV that we have shared with you in the description. Let's get right into it, Frances. We've got a big show, and the show that I think people are excited about, you and I are going to give out our end-of-the-season awards, and for a lot of these topics, I don't think we're going to get a lot of consternation. I think across the board, there's a lot of agreement but I think people will disagree at times with at least one of us because I think you and I are not going to try to pick the same one, but I think at times we're going to kind of be forced to have the same answer. Yeah, that's right. I don't really know how this is going to pan out. Uh, we haven't spoken about our choices before the show, so um, let's get let's get into it. So the first topic is goal of the season, and I'm going to go first because I only picked one. I don't have a backup prepared, <laughs> and it has to be... Now, the way I said goal of the season, I didn't think of it as like the most beautiful goal of the season or the most aesthetically pleasing goal of the season. I just thought of Sergio Roberto's last-minute effort against PSG in the second leg, basically the goal of the season. That's the one that I think, when I think of this season, I will think of Sergio Roberto sliding in and Barcelona doing the impossible and coming back against PSG. Yeah, um, I was going to pick that one, but um, then I thought, which goal has been the most important? And... um, while that goal was crucial in the Champions League, then we got knocked out in the next round, um, in, which was embarrassing. So uh, I've gone for Messi's 2-3 goal at the Bernabeu. Um, the iconic image of uh, Messi showing his stop to the Bernabeu faithful and um, basically nicking the three points at the very last minute. Um, it's always going to be in, in Kules' minds for, forever and ever and ever and ever. Uh, the way that he was raging, the passion that was coming through, obviously... Typical Messi delicatessen skill. Um, he was hungry to, to, to make the goal uh, stand. And uh, it was against our eternal political and historical rival. So, um, yeah, the only thing that obviously is disappointing is that that win against Madrid in their own stadium at the very last second didn't give us a title. And uh, that, as we've spoken in, I think it was episode one of, uh, of our podcast, that should have been enough to get the, the trophy back to Barcelona. But um, ultimately, because of what he meant, Messi's goal at the Bernabeu, for me, is the goal of the season. Yeah, it's hard to argue with uh, either of us on this one because yeah, while we didn't win Champions League or La Liga, 
the two goals we mentioned were the ones that made it all possible and, you know, of course, made the Barcelona fan community believe that both were possible. Um, but yeah, the Messi goal was, it was prettier than the Roberto one and you could easily convince me, um, but I'd love to hear what our fans think. Definitely, definitely. And I'm going to keep it with Sergio Roberto for our next award, the most improved award of the season. And my pick is Sergio Roberto again for this one, where losing Danny Alves in the offseason, you wondered what were they going to do about right back? Who were they going to bring in? Well, the answer is they didn't bring in anybody. Instead, Sergio Roberto played at right back, and particularly in the first half of the season, was absolutely phenomenal, um, fit in like a glove as one of the better right backs in Europe for at least for the first few months of the year. Of course, picked up a few knocks near the end of the year, but Sergio Roberto for me was the most improved. Yeah, uh, I agree. <laughs> we picked the same one. Um, I thought that Roberto was indispensable. Um, he was the, obviously is one of the most, if not the most versatile player we've got in the Barca squad at the moment. 48 appearances, um, making, we're never going to forget about Dani Alves because let's face it, he probably is the best right back in the next 20 years. Um, in world football but um, he compensated well he did what he had to do Um, obviously he's still really really young a developing player and uh, particularly defensively he needs to step it up if he is going to stay in that position but um, ultimately I love his ability to get forward how creative he's been how he connects and um, hopefully next season we can get a right back that can actually start. Alex Vidal is a good choice. Obviously, Hector Bellerin from Arsenal for me would be a much better choice. But um, regardless of whether we can sign Bellerin or not, um, I think Roberto should move to midfield next season and uh, challenge Rafinha um, and Denis Suarez for, for a starting spot um, alongside Rakitic or Iniesta. And when you originally posed the most improved to me, I kind of thought of it two ways where... To me, Sergio Roberto has made the most improvements from last season to this season. But for me, over the course of the season, Mtiti seems to be the guy for me that I would have chosen if I had gone second in picking this. Just because from the start, you'd think, oh, you know, Pique, Mascherano, those are the two starters. And Mtiti, a young defender who had never been, you know, playing first division outside of France. Of course, he comes in in the Euros over the previous summer and becomes a starter by the end of the tournament. So that kind of made Barcelona fans salivate at the prospects of Umtiti being a starter. But by the by the end of the season, Umtiti and Pique are the choice. Those two are the choice. And I think over the course of the year, Umtiti basically again went from, oh, I hope that he can become our third defender to being the guy alongside Pique for you're hoping the rest of Pique's time at Barcelona and we're hoping again the next 10 years. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I'm going to just want to mention really briefly, I think Al- Alcácer has improved quite a bit as well. Um, oh, yeah. Alcácer has, um, has not had the best season. Obviously, trying to knock Neymar, Messi or Suarez out of the front three is pretty much impossible. But um, throughout the season, he's improved. And uh, I think that, you know, coming next season he'll become much more important player so he has improved I don't think as much as Sergi Roberto though well while there is always most improved you also have to think about least improved and Francis I want to hear who you went with first okay the least improved award and uh, I've got full respect for this player he's given us so much over the years but um, I don't think Javier Mascherano is um want to be improving in the future he's obviously been captain since 2014 he's respected on and off the field but um he's just made 39 appearances this year 
And uh, when you think about the fact that that's down from 51 last season, um, then you, you have to give him the least improved award. He has looked shaky, to be honest. He's been exposed by younger, faster, and particularly taller strikers. And uh, he struggled against forwards that basically are, are more hungry or more fit at this moment in time. So it pains my heart to say that Mascherano has not improved too much at all. Yeah, 33 years old, I think, of all the conversations of what their roles are moving forward with the team that players will need to have with Valverde coming in, I think the Mascherano-Valverde conversation is probably going to be the most important one just in terms of figuring out where that player fits. Which brings me to my pick for least improved. I picked another player over 30, and that was Arda Turan, where, again, on paper entering the year, I thought that Tehran, and I think most people believe that he would be the fourth best attacker on the team. You know, as the younger players, again, everybody sub-24 continues to work their way in to the Barcelona first team. But to me, Tehran was bought to be that fourth best attacker. Again, we had mentioned it in previous podcasts. He's a He was a star for Atletico Madrid. And while his first season, he showed a little bit, but not much. This year wound up actually being a regression than last year. And so we're at a point where, to me, that Arda Turan is probably the second player on the list of um, players that we would assume are going to leave over the summer. Yeah, I've got um, <laughs> I've got another rubbish award, um, say, for Turan later on in the show. I agree. I agree with you. Totally. Now, let's, let's move on to the Rising Star. Um, Rising Star in my eyes, was the, the player that obviously not came out of nowhere, but was at a different stage in their career last season and uh, is one to look forward to. So, Dan, who did you pick? Well, yeah, I thought of this in different ways. Now, by rising star, if we can talk about the rising star from this season, or are we talking about the promising player to look out for next season? I think if you talk about the rising star from this season, we already talked about him. It was Ntidi. He was the guy who wound up being that rising star. But to me, because he's already on the map, again, he started for France in that Euro, in that Euro final. I think you have to go with Denis Suarez to be that guy that, I mean, then maybe this is my own bias. that I hope that he is the rising star. I hope that he doesn't leave the club in the summer. I hope that he's the guy. And if not Denis Suarez, the logical choice, of course, is Carlos Enyanya. I mean, Elena, he is the guy that, you know, where the hype train is already choo-chooing along the tracks and you expect that now Elena has that where before it was Rafinha well it was Tiago then Rafinha then it's Semper and then Elena is the next in line to guy, to be the guy to be kind of put that uh, the heir to the Iniesta throne or the Busquets throne or the Xavi throne um, so I think the guy that to look out for for next season should be Denise Suarez, but I wouldn't be surprised if Denise Suarez, for some reason or another, didn't fit in Valverde's plans. And if that's the case, we have—I would—I would have to say it's Elena. Well, I really do hope that um, I don't know if there is a football god beyond Messi, obviously, but if there is anyone up there, I really do hope that they listen to you because Barca do need um, Denise Suarez to step up, and uh, hopefully Elena can be another one of the of the choices that Valverde can, can trust on a weekly basis. Um, I went for the obvious one for the Rising Star. I've got Untiti as, as, my, um, as my choice here. Obviously, hugely strong, always eager to anticipate, and uh, he's got 
plenty of know-how in getting the ball up the field. 44 appearances this season, but check this out. 244 balls won. 244 in 44 appearances. That is huge. And uh, something that was quite surprising as well. He only committed 40 fouls. Now, to me, and I've been a defender all my life, uh, I normally played right and left back throughout my career. Didn't make, you know, didn't make headlines any time, but um, I've been playing for 20, 25 years of my life. And um, 40 fouls in a whole season for a defender that's played 44 appearances, that speaks, you know, thousands. It speaks really, really high volume of how strong and how good he is at anticipating. Because if you are... What in Spanish we say sobrado, which is um, you're really sort of uh, gifted, then you don't need to foul anybody. And uh, that, I think, is a very telling stat. So rising stat for me was Umtiti. And, Frances, I'm curious to see what your pick for the next topic is. I have I have a number of players on my list, but I want to hear who you pick first. Yeah, uh, last chance for glory award. And uh, I'm laughing to myself, which is really sad because I, I basically decided on, on this award, um, uh, on the name. Last chance for glory to me means someone who desperately needs to step up or else. So someone who, unless they, um, they make it next season, they should be gone. And uh, we talked about it in a previous uh, podcast is Andre Gomez. Now, I know he's really young, he's very versatile, he's tall, he's got um, a great field vision, he can attack from the midfield, but um, overall he's been poor. He's improved in the last, say, 15, 10 matches, but um, with 48 appearances and just two goal assists, you can't really argue. And uh, unless he makes it, he makes a huge improvement next season, he should be gone. Um, he's lost... 316 balls in 48 matches for a midfielder at Barca that is that is embarrassing and uh, not only that he only won 153 balls so he's in, in short he's lost twice as many balls as he has um, gotten back playing for Barca alongside Iniesta and Busquets that's embarrassing um, I didn't say he's I wouldn't say he's one that needs to be sold this summer but um, he needs a rocket basically and he needs to make it he needs to make a huge improvement right now because um, otherwise his future at Barca is just not going to happen see I know when I looked at this for the first time I knew you were trying to bait me and I knew that you picked this you named this with Gomez or, Vi, or Vidal in mind you know those are the two that I was thinking oh you know that's why he made this award so I actually went with one that I hope fans I expect fans will give me a little backlash on, and my pick is actually Rafina. Right. I, I, he he he's a different player than his brother, which uh, which I think has been known since they were you know in their late teens, um, and he has a contract until 2020, so he still is under contract for a few more years. Um, but Barcelona would love to know that he can have a full season where he not only stays healthy, which he's never done while playing for the first team, and that he could potentially be the guy to replace. Rakitic or Iniesta, where Rafina, you know, if you're pining for guys coming from a youth academy, he's the guy. You and you know, you of course you want Tiago, but if you want the name Alcantara in your starting eleven, Rafina would be the guy to get you there. And so I think that, you know, while you talk about other players who, you know, if it's Tehran or a, a certain French defender that we haven't talked about, that's not in TD, and we're going to get to him in a second. But Rafina to me is the guy that. 
if he can't seem to really establish himself, and even if he's not the guy who supplements Iniesta or Rakitic in the starting 11, he should at least be the guy that Valverde looks at looks at his bench and goes, oh, Rafinha has to be in this game. I want to get this guy into 50 appearances in a season. I have to admit, I haven't thought about Rafinha for this, um, for this award, but hearing what you're saying, you, you do have a point. Now, the last sort of detail that I add here, Rafinha has followed Luis Enrique over the last four or five seasons. We can't forget that um, Rafinha and Luis Enrique uh, were together at Celta. They were together They were together at Barca B and they were together here this year. Now with Luis Enrique gone and Rafinha staying, we're really going to have to, uh, we're going to have to see whether Valverde um, trusts him or not. Because um, in a way, Rafinha is without his, in, in Catalonia we say enchufado, which is a player who relates and really sort of needs their coach to play. Uh, I, I don't know if there's such a word in English, but enchufado is is what Rafinha has been. He's been sort of linked or networked to the coach, and now that coach is leaving. We'll have to see. Now uh, let's move on to the next point: the most underrated player award. So the player who sort of goes under everyone's radar. And um, I like to hear what you've got to say, Dan. Most underrated player. Well, I, I think there were some pretty good choices. Of course, Jordi Alba and Busquets every single year are top choices. Busquets, while he was poor at the beginning of the year, you know, you noticed how essential he had become again to the team when he finally rounded into form, particularly the way Barcelona looked without him in the Champions League. Um, but I think for me, the choice, and it's surprising for an underrated player, but for me, it's got to be PK. Because right. I, I know it seems like, as you had mentioned earlier, that Bar- the Barcelona defense just was not up to snuff. They conceded too many goals. But PK's form throughout most of the year was, other than the 2014-15 season, probably the best form that we've seen the Spanish defender in in the last five, six years. Yeah, I've I, I got to agree with that. I really have to agree with that. Um, I was debating between Piquet and uh, my actual choice um, f- for these awards. And uh, Piquet has been excellent. The thing is, and we mentioned it last time as well, because he gets involved in this stupid Twitter uh, emoji wars with Sergio Ramos and, and you know, some, some loser from Real Madrid, then that takes away from the fact that he has been excellent throughout. He's been the rock at, at Barca's backline. And uh, if Umtiti has been as successful as he has been, it's because he's got Piquet alongside him. Now, um, I want to talk about uh, my choice for the underrated player, which is Ter Stegen. Um, we can't forget that um, last season, Ter Stegen wasn't really playing in the league because that obviously was Claudio Bravo's uh, was, was the start in there, had the starting spot at that time. And uh, with Claudio Bravo gone, which um, was one of the talking points last summer, um, Ter Stegen has been excellent with the ball at his feet. He's a genius. Uh, he's a player that um, is excellent right now, but um, he's only going to get better in the future. Uh, we can't forget he's been at the top level since the age of 19, and uh, he's growing in stature. That doesn't mean getting taller, but sort of in, in the sort of soul part, uh, sort of way. Um, he's becoming a leader. He understands Spanish really well. He can communicate with his defense much better than he could before. And uh, he has started every game in La Liga and the Champions League. Um, obviously, 37 goals received in 38 matches in the Spanish league is not great. Um, he's only kept 13 clean sheets, but um, the point I want to make is that 2.8 key saves he's made per game. 2.8. And uh, 
when you li- when you look at teams like say I know this respect but to like Chelsea or Manchester United that you know they are teams who don't play as attacking as us in, arguably um, having 2.8 key saves as a Barca goalkeeper is actually really high and uh, I do think Ter Stegen deserves the underrated player award because people just take him for granted most of the time yeah I would agree where you know you I think his reputation when he first arrived at Barcelona and kind of proved true in his first year was that he gave up a lot of easy goals and he came he was too ambitious he came out too far and that got him exposed um you know you look you look back to that um when they played the the goal that Roma had scored a few years ago um through Florenzi on the wing where you know that 40 50 yard chip over Ter Stegen I think they had worries that he wasn't the number one keeper but Ter Stegen has quickly become even for the German national team the guy that's now pushing finally pushing Manuel Neuer and of course uh, I mean other fans who who you know of both somehow of both Barcelona and the German national team will say of course uh Lino is a choice as well but Ter Stegen for is is an absolutely wonderful pick and as as I've been so biased on former shows to say that um I would hope that Ter Stegen does go to the German national team camp and kind of talk up Barcelona as a potential place for some of those uh very good German midfielders, defenders, and you look at the pipeline, particularly of young German players, and if Ter Stegen was able to uh, help out in that respect as well, I think it would make the club even better. As we, again, talked another positive thing, we'll go a little bit more negative now with another award in best days behind them, and I think you and I probably have the same answer. I don't know. Go for it. Well, um, I, uh, of course, we haven't talked about him now we're on week four, and this is the first time anybody has mentioned Jeremy Mathieu, and so I think that kind of tells you all you need to t- all you need to know. He played well in his first season, um, and just this year just did not have it. Even the time that he got in limited minutes, he just didn't seem to be up to snuff. And maybe that is again a good player who's come so out of form because he doesn't get first team time. Um, but he also had injuries. Again, he's also nearing his mid-30s. So between age and not playing and injuries, uh, Matu just really did have a, a you know a failure of a season at Barcelona. So for me, I think we've seen the best of Jeremy Matu at Barcelona. Yeah, and the best wasn't that great anyway. Um, 16 appearances this year. Um, I think that's all you need to know. And um, obviously, fourth pick uh, behind Umtiti, who's been fantastic. And uh, Mascherano, who hasn't been that great. So, yeah, horrendous, horrendous season. Uh, I still don't understand why we signed him in the first place. Um, he had a job to do in the first season, but he was never he was never one to prove himself. And, um, yeah, best days behind him, without a doubt. Uh, let's move on to the next one then. We've got the Miss You Always Award. Um, Dan, who, who do you go for? You might as well just have written the Danny Alves Award, Frances. Because I know that that's what it, I mean, other than Danny Alves, I, I think I'm going to purposely not choose Danny Alves because he is the op, he is the only choice. That I mean, Danny Alves, of course, Roberto was good at right back, but Danny Alves is one of the best right backs, as we've mentioned many times already in the world. And he showed us again playing for Juve. Um, the other choices were Munir and Sandra Ramirez. And so I think that I might have to go with Sandra Ramirez simply because, again, the non-Danny Alves choice, because Sandra Ramirez was banging in goals aplenty for Malaga 
Um, and I think there are times in the season, particularly at the beginning, when Kathair um, just does when when he wasn't clicking, there was really no other you know out and out striker or um, an additional winger to come in and to get some goals. And I, while again you can prophesize that if he had stayed at Barcelona, he just wouldn't have found his form. And of course, getting all the minutes he did helped him achieve the goal scoring records that he did. Um, but Sen Ramirez, I think, could have been useful at times this year. Um, and Mark Bartra is another player that I thought about, but just due to the um, due to the success of Umtiti, Bartra wound up being, you know, not missed as much as I would have liked to, you know, miss Mark Bartra. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to comment on the last one. I think Bartra has done really well in Germany. Um, he's a very likable player. He's a very likable guy. Um, he was never a starter at Barca. He was trusted, particularly during Martino's season, um, quite a lot. But um, he could never really break the team. And uh, I'm just delighted he's getting playing time. I, I think for him, and for us even, it's better if he's away uh, and, and building his building his, his, his confidence, really, and, and uh, his career away from the Camp Nou. Now, in four or five years, could he come back? Without a doubt, he could. But um, I'm just happy that he's developing elsewhere and uh, finally being happy with 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 life and success and uh, having found his spot. Now, my choice was not Dani Alves. My choice was Xavi. I, I went for Xavi. I think Barca desperately needed Xavi this season. Um, as you sort of touched on earlier, Turan should have been the fourth midfielder and, and he was nowhere to be seen. Rafinha has been good when he's been here and um, healthy, but he's just not at that caliber. And Denis Suarez hasn't sort of established himself. So I think Xavi, having someone who can control games, having someone who, oh no, all right, fair enough, he, he was never going to speed up the game in his last season at Barca. But when he came in, you knew that he was going to make one, two key passes. You knew that we were going to have control of the ball. And uh, that is someone that you could always rely on. So I think Xavi would always be missed, even if he wasn't sort of peak 2008 Xavi. But uh, the Xavi of 2015-16 would have been really useful this season, um, particularly in La Liga. So you threw me a monkey wrench there where I didn't... I thought it was just from last season. So... I think, I mean, since neither of us wound up picking Danny Alves, um, I think, you know, all fans have to do is comment with Danny Alves and you've won the argument with both of us. Yeah, um, but Xavi is eternal. So although he may may not have left last season, Xavi is part of part of who we are. He's in our, Xavi is in our blood. He's like Puyol. He's part of who we are. He's like a, like an extra leg, if you want to call it that. So can I change my, I can change my answer to Puyol at this point? Is that, no, is that okay? That doesn't qualify. No. Because otherwise you win the argument and that, that's not the point. <laughs> right, let's move on. Um, special mention award. Uh, this is a player who wouldn't have gotten a player of the season award, but is someone who needs a special mention for whatever reason. So this, this award was pretty open to interpretation. And uh, I'm just curious about who you picked for this one, Dan. Yeah, I wasn't necessarily sure w- w- what you had meant by this one, but I went with Javier Mascherano scoring his first goal for the club. All right. You know, in the 7-1 win over Osasuna in April, um, you know, he had made close to 250 appearances for Barcelona, and he finally gets his first goal. So that was always one of those things where, you know, from week to week you'd hear a commentator. If you ever saw Marcherano in the box, a commentator would say, still waiting for his first Barcelona goal. And so finally, after being—and and that's something you'd like to see, for uh, particularly for defenders— 
having such a, a tough commitment and a guy that's been so unselfish, never trying to get the ball in the back of the net on his own, always trying to help everybody else for you know the last more than a half decade. Um, Mascherano finally getting his goal, I think, is uh, plenty of kudos and a special mention. Yeah, and uh, we were really happy that uh, Mascherano got, finally got the goal. Um, he would tell you, and I'm sure... Um, that this will come up at some point. He would tell you he would have much rather not score in from the penalty spot. Um, but, you know, that that's what happened. And um, he took the penalty and scored it. And, and we're delighted for it. And uh, as I said earlier, although I did pick him for one of the sort of not very positive awards earlier, he's really beloved in Barcelona. He's done so well for us over the years. And uh, it was great to see him smiling. Uh, for once, because he's somebody quite stressed out, isn't he? Smiling for once, which is great. And uh, last thing I'll, I'll say about Mascherano, um, I think he's going to be a, a Barca manager in the, I don't think, too too far away future. Um, he's got all the skills. He knows the club really well. He's got respect from his teammates and, and the media and the fan base. So in the future, I think you'll see Mascherano sat, sat on the bench uh, wearing a tie. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, the special mention award for me was Luis Suarez. Uh, I didn't sort of take it the way that you did, although thinking about it, you probably your award was more more interesting than mine. I just went for Suarez because for me he was not the player of the season, but he's someone that wouldn't have fitted in any of the other awards. Um, he was constantly scoring, creating goals for others. Um, he's I like his fighting quality, his fighting spirit. Um, he's always trying hard. He's a winner through and through. Uh, 51 appearances this season so you know like Messi he never really rests scoring 38 goals obviously he scored 59 the previous season but um, that was extraordinary so 38 goals for the Barca striker is a very good return Uh, I really like the fact that he can create 16 goals for other people so 16 assists and um, a point that I thought was quite interesting he won back 95 balls so although he's the striker he keeps pestering defenders and trying to force them into errors, which is which is great. Uh, I love his partnership with Messi on and off the pitch. They're clearly good friends, and uh, you know Messi has recently lo- lost Pinto, um, you know the <laughs> goalkeeper that um, used to have been with us for for pretty much the best part of the last decade. And uh, I think Messi having personal connections within the squad is is crucial. And uh, Luis Suarez definitely provides him with that, which is great. And um, Suarez is winning spirit, no-nonsense attitude and high expectations for from himself and everyone around him, I think, should be uh, enough to get him this special mention award. Well, he was a candidate for the next award um, on my list, but for a different reason than you may think. First, as I introduced the Flop of the Season Award, Frances, I want to know... Your pick, because I want to know what you mean, and I can almost guarantee that I took it a different way than you did. Okay. Uh, Flop of the season award for me is a player that um, did not meet expectations. It's a player who um, fans basically, not not hate, hate is a really strong word, but a player that disappointed throughout. Um, I'm going to go for a player that actually scored 13 goals this season. Um that is Arda Turan. He's the star of the Turkish national side. He's supposed to be a strong character uh, with plenty of creativity and a winning, match-winning player, blah, 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 blah. Well, Barca fans have seen nothing. Nothing of that. Only 18 out of 38 matches played in La Liga, which tells you that 
He wasn't even trusted to be a backup player for most of the season. Um, not that long ago, so a couple of summers ago, 34 plus 7 million euros we, we paid Atletico Madrid for him. So a potential 41 million euros for a player that only plays 18 matches adds pretty much nothing um, to the squad. Um, he scored 13 goals, as I said just now, but uh, he didn't score any of them when it truly mattered. Where was he in the Champions League semi uh, quarterfinals? Where was he at the end of La Liga? He was nowhere to be seen. He should have been a regular starter. He should have been pushing Rakitic and Iniesta for the starting spot. He came nowhere near close. And uh, to say I'm disappointed with his signing is, is an understatement. Um, he's just a glorified bench warmer and really has to leave right now. Uh, if anyone would pay us some money, that would be great. Thank you very much. Um, apparently, he's got offers from China. And uh, I really do hope that uh, the club come to the senses and they they sell into the highest bidder because to say I'm disappointed is doesn't come close. Yeah, if they could get like 25 million to 30 million euro um, from a Chinese club, I think that would hope uh, an amount that Barcelona fans will have to be happy for after you know the difficulties he had in the last two seasons. Now, yeah, without a doubt, uh, words escape me. He was the star at Atletico Madrid um, and he was coming to a team with Messi, Neymar and Suarez and Iniesta and Busquets around him and uh, the guys done nothing. So I'm, I'm actually quite annoyed. But hey. Now, Frances, for the Flap of the Season award, though, I, I, you, I, I figured you meant it more as a player that didn't succeed, but I took it literally. And when... I thought of flop. I thought I had to find the best flop by a player this season. <laughs> that's not what I meant at all, but that, that's quite funny. So yeah, go with that. So the one I went, the one I went with, um, of course, I think our two big candidates for this for my version of flop of the season award were obviously our our young, fun Brazilian winger in Neymar, and then of course the Uruguayan striker Luis Suarez. Those two, again, being in the opposing box so often, having the dyna, the, uh, the dynamism that they have, they are, were both candidates to always go down with the slightest bit of contact. So my favorite Neymar slop, uh, flop of the season came in the first leg of the PSG matchup where uh, Angel Di Maria, of course, tries to take the ball off him coming in almost from his um, over his right back shoulder. And Di Maria goes to ground gets the ball first, and then Neymar tries to basically sit on top of Di Maria and take the contact, but Di Maria stops moving and stops his slide, so there really never is never any contact. So Neymar, realizing that there isn't any contact, but have already committed to basically going to the ground, he, from a sitting position, catapults himself about two or three feet in the air and somehow gets the whistle. So for me, again, in defense of your club, you're always going to say, our players don't flop. Our players are always honest. And by and large, Barcelona has been very lucky to have players like Iniesta and Messi who, you know, they get battering rammed and they never go to ground. So Barcelona fans can always say, you know, our players don't flop. Our players don't don't use the dark arts of football. Um, but Neymar this season, you know, on occasion, um, he, he liked to flash that he knows how to use the, you know, very much like Chelsea's Diego Costa, but not even close to that level. But Neymar, he has a little bit of the dark arts in him as well. And uh, he showed it against Di Maria. Yeah, uh, flopping is embarrassing. 
ultimately. Uh, I, I don't agree with, with it at all. Um, at Barca, obviously, you know, we've got possession of the ball. Uh, players try to dribble all the time. And um, particularly Neymar in the wings, he's, he's always going to get fouled. Or most of the time he's going to get fouled because he's just basically too good, too speedy um, to, to stop any other way. But um, when there's no contact whatsoever seeing a Barca player flop and uh, just throw themselves to the floor and, and complaining is, is, is not very good. Um, doesn't, doesn't send the right message to kids uh, in Catalonia or beyond and uh, it should stop. But um, it's, it is part of the game and, uh, you know, Real Madrid do do it all the time as well. Um, there's a particular Portuguese number seven who is an expert at it and uh, he seems to be winning lots of Ballon d'Ors as a result. So, obviously, if they do it, we're going to do it as well. But it's not something that makes football any better and it should be eliminated but uh, until referees against Madrid and Barca and the rest of the other thousands of clubs around the world uh, treat flopping the same way then we're just going to have to play the game yeah that's very true um, yeah. so our final award of this episode is our player of the season award um, this is one I figured you would just name the Lionel Messi award yeah I was I was I was actually gonna call the whole of the show the Messies, <laughs> you know, like like, like the Oscars. But uh, I thought because we're only you know, on a fourth or fifth show, uh, I don't think that will catch on really quickly. But uh, I think next season this chapter, uh, this episode needs to be recalled the Messies. So yeah, it's quite obvious I think who we're gonna pick here. But uh, Dan, you go first. You go first. Yeah, we can call this one the first in- inaugural Messi Awards um, yeah. because it always culminates in our Player of the Season award. And, you know, while it would be interesting to try to, again, go through the advanced numbers and the metrics and try to figure out who had a better season than Messi, even if it wasn't, even if someone had a better statistical season, you know, even if Luis Suarez was able to outscore him or Neymar outscored him or, you know, or or Gerard Piquet wound up winning Defender of the Year or something like that in any season, I don't see how it's not Lionel Messi. And to go back to our very first award that we handed out in the goal of the season, that goal that Messi scored against Real Madrid just shows you, again, just how he is the talisman of this club, how he is what makes the club tick, and the club goes as Messi goes. And even when the club is crashing out of the Champions League, and while Messi didn't score against Juventus, again, that Juventus defense, we'll see them in the Champions League final against Real Madrid, um, Messi just shows you game in and game out that it only takes him one minute or 30 seconds of magic to completely turn a game on its head. And he still at the ripe old age of 29 this past season continued to do that game in and game out. Exactly. And, uh, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo may very well uh, win the Champions League in Cardiff over the weekend. And uh, he may very well get uh, his his next Ballon d'Or. But Ultimately, everyone who understands football knows that Lionel Messi is the best player in the world right now. And uh, arguably, and I don't think it's even an argument, the best player to ever play football. Um, He's perfect. He's technically perfect. He's unselfish. He's speedy. He's composed. He always steps up when when the team needs him. And uh, he tends to be scoring quite a lot of goals. He's made 52 appearances this year, scoring 55 goals and giving, uh, giving away 17 more, so 17 goal assists. Um, Messi this season had to step up his game uh, because Neymar and Suarez, they both had dry spells during the season at different points, but uh, Messi has been consistent throughout. Um, you know, I think the more Messi takes control of the game 
and the team the least successful Barca is at some at some points. And uh, I know that's a controversial point, but um, I'll argue now. Um, seeing a lot of Messi means that the other players around him have not been at the level that they should be in order to become champions of Europe and champions of the world again. Um, so I would rather see less of Messi and see more of the others. But um, this season, Messi has had to step up because the, the midfield hasn't been as good as they should have. And uh, arguably Neymar and Suarez have been a step below their own selves in the previous season. So if Messi has, te- has stepped up as player of the season, it's simply because the people around him just haven't had their best. And uh, having a player who's able to do that uh, with such ease is is little short of magical. Um, of course, Messi could have been more influential against PSG, could have been more influential against Juventus, but still, he's head and shoulders above the rest of the team. And uh, if we, if anyone can ever come up with a way to clone humans, I think Lionel Messi should be the the first one to. To, to go through the procedure. We need Messi to stay at Barca forever. And uh, we had 11 of him. Uh, I wouldn't complain too much. Yeah, we'll just have to add a few more inches to the defender versions of, of, of Messi. But, uh, well, Jordi, Jordi Alba is quite good. Uh, that's very true. Yeah, on the, on the wings, of course. I, you know, and I agree with every point you make. And we can, in the future, I think we'll probably get into the pros and cons of Messi dependence. And again, while... They, you know, you look at it and it's a negative that everyone that he needs to perform for Barcelona to win. But the whole point is that Barcelona is a elite club, an elite club in the world because of Messi, and that's the pro to that that you have a guy that you can always rely on in Lionel Messi. Um, and of course, as we try to do, we wrapped it up with Lionel Messi. So those are all of our awards of the season. So we ask you at home: Did we miss any players? For any of our top awards, let us know in the comments section. Send it, put it on Facebook or YouTube. You can even, again, reach out to us as well in a customer review on iTunes. Because, um, again, those help us out as well. And they help build the Barcelona podcast community. And you can definitely connect with us and everybody else in the comment sections on those pages. Ask us questions for future shows and keep this thing moving. So again, we want to thank you for listening. Definitely subscribe to our podcast. And we already mentioned customer reviews and everything else. And if you know anybody who loves Barcelona as much as you do and as much as we do, let them know. Share this podcast and you can hit the like button as well. And visit our website. See exclusive deals like our Fubo TV that is in the description and at thebarcelonapodcast.com. As the Barcelona Podcast, of course, bringing you the hottest breaking stories from the camp now. And Frances, as we always like to say, Forza Barça. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.